with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for Mary to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So that uh, beautiful hymn that the angels sing to the shepherds seems a little dry when it's uh, just said. So how about we sing it? Glory. 
In excelsis Deo, Gloria. In excelsis Deo. Very good. So thinking about those angels a little bit, um, it seems at first glance that maybe they made a big mistake. That by going to the shepherds and announcing the birth of the Messiah with all of these beautiful glory and excelsis deos, that they were kind of in the wrong place. Right time, but wrong people to be announcing this thing to. Bethlehem is just, what, maybe five, ten miles at the most from Jerusalem. And over in Jerusalem, they've got high priest, they've got priests of the temple, they've got Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, and they have even a, even a Jewish king up there, King Herod himself. And all of those people have been waiting uh, for their whole lives for the Messiah to come, and they've studied the scriptures, and they've looked at the prophecies, and they're, they're waiting for the Messiah to come with, with, the, with bated breath. They want the Lord to come and save them. And they're the ones who are supposed to know how this is going to happen and when it's going to happen and what the signs will be that indeed the Messiah has finally come to them. You know, the high priests, they, they've spent their entire lives and, and, and for centuries before them, they've been, they've been offering sacrifices in the temple and they've been burning calves and slaughtering sheep and sending poor goats out into the desert with their sins on their back just so the people will be ready for the coming of the Messiah. And those scribes and Pharisees and, and Sadducees, they've been studying the scriptures so closely and sharing their knowledge with the people in the synagogues. And, you know, when is the Lord coming? Well, let's read Isaiah. Let's read Jeremiah. Let's read back in Moses' law. What's, what are the signs that he's going to be coming? And even old King Herod, such an awful and horrible man, he would like to know when the Messiah is coming because he doesn't want the competition. You know, he's the king around here. I don't need a Messiah. And if he is coming, I want to know about it. So the angels should have been up in Jerusalem. <laughs> by, all, by all rights, those are the people who should have been announced to that the Messiah finally was born. You know, they're the ones who are waiting. They're the ones who are reading and studying and searching and sacrificing. But instead of that... The angels go to a bunch of shepherds at a field. Now, if, if we want to use the image of shepherds that's on a million Christmas cards of cute, cuddly little characters, you know, with their sheep and their staffs and all of that, fine, but that's not the reality. In the time of Jesus, shepherds were the lowest of the low. They were not only uh, poor, they were, they were, they were also dirty, and they were filthy, and they smelled terrible, and they were probably robbers. When they came to town, everybody closed their doors and shut their windows because the shepherds are here. Watch out. These are guys who are going to steal you blind. They're going to pickpocket you. They're going to take your stuff. They're, they're the lowest of the low. Strangely, this is the question, why then? Does the angel not appear to the big shots in Jerusalem, 
to the priests and the high priests, to the king and to the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and all those characters, but appears instead to the shepherds. This is weird. Why is Luke telling the story this way? Well, Luke is telling the story this way because he does not want our gaze on this Christmas day to stay merely on a child in a crib wrapped in, in strips of cloth. As important as that is, as important as it is that, that today a child is born to us, as important as it is to us that, that Jesus comes to us in the most fragile form possible, Luke also wants us and wants our gaze to go forward in time. This is only the beginning of the story. Jesus soon enough will grow up. Jesus soon enough will know his vocation as the Messiah, as the Son of God. Jesus soon enough will begin preaching the kingdom of God. And what are some of the first words out of his mouth as he preaches? Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Soon enough, Jesus will encounter opposition to his ministry, to his very life. And where does that opposition come from? It comes from the people in Jerusalem. It comes from the priests and the high priests. It comes from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. It comes, of course, even from the rulers of the kingdom, Herod's successors. They're the ones who do not see Jesus. They're the ones <coughs> who do not come to know Jesus. They're the ones who do not come to believe that he indeed is the Messiah, the very Son of God. And in the gospel stories that Luke is going to tell in the further chapters of this, his beautiful writing, who is it who comes to see Jesus? Who is it who comes to know Jesus? Who is it who comes to really believe in Jesus? It's the poor. It's, it's the sinner. It's the woman caught in adultery. It's the paralytic. It's the leper. In short, it's the shepherds of this world. The lowest of the low. The ones who nobody gives any consideration to. The ones who have no dignity. The ones who smell bad. The ones maybe most of all, who have nothing to lose in this life. They're the ones who see through Jesus' love, Jesus' divinity. They're the ones who first acknowledge him as Lord. They're the first ones to experience the healing gift of his love and his ministry. They're the ones who are the first, really, to experience the grace of the resurrection through the women at the tomb, remembering that in those times, women were not just second-class citizens. They were, the, they were not citizens at all. It is the poor, the alienated, the ones everyone else thinks are rotten to the core, the ones who are sick, the ones who are broken, the ones whose lives have not been successful, the ones who've never studied, the ones who are not holy like the temple people, they are the ones 
who see in Jesus the presence of God with them in their brokenness, in their poverty. And so that's why in this beautiful Christmas story that Luke tells as he tells it, the angels with their glorias and their hosannas appear not to King Herod, not to the priests in the temple, not to the scribes of the Pharisees, but to the lowest of the low, the shepherds out in their fields. So here we are all these centuries later, and we have the gift, the blessing of being able to look back and see maybe more deeply. And we have you know, 2,000 years of people teaching us the meaning of these stories, including most recently our own parents and grandparents and our own teachers. And therefore, it's not difficult for us, it's not too challenging for us to see in the beautiful image of the infant Jesus in his crib with Mary and Joseph and all of that beautiful imagery, not just a baby crying with dirty diapers, but the very Son of God. It's easy for us to see that now because we've had 2,000 years to absorb that lesson and integrate it into our own hearts. And it's, it's not that hard for us all these years later to see Jesus in his adulthood, ministering, healing, teaching, preaching, and eventually even dying for us and rising with us, that we see God made flesh, God with us in our needs, God with us in our sufferings, God with us in our joys, God showing us the way to life eternal. It's not that hard for us. But what about now? What about this day in our lives? It's more challenging for us to recognize that as we go through our lives with all of their ups and downs, imperfect as we are with our own sins, our own brokennesses, our own diseases, our own lack of peace, our own lack of justice, all the things that, that trouble us as we deal with death, as we deal with life, perhaps it's much more challenging for us to recognize that this same Jesus born in Bethlehem, the same Jesus who ministers to the people of Galilee and Judea, who walked among us back then, is still walking with us this day. That's the great challenge of Christmas. That's the great challenge of Jesus' life, the great challenge of the resurrection. That this Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, is still with us, walking with us, teaching us, loving us, forgiving us, showing us the way forward, poor as we are, so that we too might proclaim with the angels and the shepherds and the lepers and the poor and the abandoned of Jesus' time, the great hymn that announces his presence among us. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria in excelsis Deo. 
And if you don't mind, I'd like to say a few words in Spanish for the people who are uh, here with us in Spanish. Um, para ustedes que hablan español, pues, lo a lo que apenas decía en forma muy breve, es que es muy curioso que los ángeles en la historia de San Lucas, la historia de la natividad del Señor, que los ángeles aparecen y cantan a los pastores en el campo en vez de los grandes de Jerusalén, el sumo sacerdote, los sacerdotes, los, los, los fariseos, saduceos y los escribas de, de, de la ley. Porque ellos son los grandes, los, los, son los que, que esperaban el Señor, esperaban el Mesías, esperaban el Cristo. Pero no, el ángel aparece primero a los pastores, quienes son los más pobres de los pobres de aquellos tiempos. Los más rechazados de los rechazados de aquellos tiempos. Porque es así que el ángel anuncia a ellos el gran misterio de la natividad del Señor, mientras los grandes de Jerusalén no. Pues es porque Luke sabe bien que en la vida de Jesús como hombre, ya ha crecido, ya ha llegado a su edad y su ministerio, los que van a reconocerle, los que van a amarle, los que van a creer en, ella, en Él, son los más pobres, los más rechazados, los más bajos de los bajos. Al contrario, los grandes de Jerusalén, los sacerdotes, el sumo sacerdote, los fariseos, saduceos y todos ellos, los profesionales en la vida de los judíos. Ellos son los que se ponen en contra de Jesús y le persiguen y no reconocen en Él su divinidad, que es el Hijo de Dios, el Mesías. Por eso, Luke comienza su evangelio por indicar a nosotros que también nosotros tenemos que reconocer que Jesús está con nosotros y Jesús sí es el Hijo de Dios. En nuestro tiempo, en nuestras vidas de hoy, el mismo Jesús está con nosotros, resucitado y acompañándonos en todos los gozos y las cosas tristes de la vida, hasta aún la muerte. Y por eso seguimos cantando con los ángeles y los pastores y todos los más bajos de los bajos de este mundo. Lo que vemos, lo que conocemos, que sí, este Jesús es el Salvador, es el Cristo, es el Hijo de Dios y está con nosotros.